Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's Monday, September 18th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians are on the road, set to open a three-game series in Kansas City after sweeping the Texas Rangers at home. Uh, it, you know, it's probably a little, uh, all too little, too late for the Guardians in terms of their own uh, postseason chances, but they they sure put the uh, the Rangers in a in a tough spot, uh, taking three straight at Progressive Field. And and really beating the Rangers at their own game, they they played bully ball all weekend and just you know bashed them all over the ballpark, and and limited the Rangers' powerful offense to just six runs in three games. Yeah, they just uh, Joe, where's this offense been the whole season? <laughs> you know, it reminds me of that old line, uh, the old sports writers' line. They're they're learning to say hello when it's time to say goodbye. You know, it's uh, I, I I just don't. I mean, what they outscore them twenty three to six. Um, you know, they scored twelve runs Friday night. They have that huge inning uh, on Sunday on 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 the way to a nine. You know, nine runs. I mean, just uh, that was. I mean, that Texas is a good team. They're they're a playoff caliber team and. Uh, like you said, they, they uh, Cleveland just ran over them. Yeah, and and really, it was it was beating them at their own game was was what really just sort of stood out to me because uh, you know the Rangers swept the Guardians in in three games down in Texas earlier this year, and and it was home runs and extra base hits and you know sort of getting that getting the ball rolling offensively and then not taking your foot off the gas. Uh, you know there were opportunities, especially in. In that fourth inning uh, Sunday, when they scored nine runs, where you know they were they were looking at a, a situation where they could score maybe a couple of runs, and then as we've seen so often this year, they let up and you know a couple of strikeouts and at bats, and, and it derails the uh, what could have been a big inning. Well, this was uh, you know seven consecutive base hits, uh, and, and it was it was sparked by Jose Ramirez at the top of the inning. Uh, getting his uh, 24th home run of the season. He launched a ball 430 feet uh, halfway up the, the bleachers in left field. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more about Jose later and the, and the big day that he had. Uh, but it, it didn't stop there was the point. And, you know, there were a couple of good instances, Tito said in his postgame, where, you know, they made sure that uh, line drives dropped in. They didn't run themselves out of the inning on the bases uh, they, they could have gone, you know, first to third in a couple of instances and they didn't push things. They, uh, and they, they let the next guy up in the order, you know, do his thing and, and get a line drive base hit. And, uh, it, it ends up, you know, uh, their biggest inning, uh, offensively all season long, uh, nine, nine hits, most hits in an inning, nine runs, most runs in an inning. 
and and Andres Jimenez with uh, multiple RBIs, Gabriel Arias with uh, a couple of RBIs in the inning. Just uh, all around, that was what this offense needed to see a lot more of earlier in this uh, in the year. You know, a month ago, if an inning like this could have could have happened, it could have snowballed into something. But now it's just uh, it leaves you thinking. You know, what could have been? Yeah, for sure. And uh, who knows? I mean, maybe you know when you see uh, when you see you know, performances like this, you know, you always wonder, will it carry over? I mean, was this just a mirage? Um, but, um, you know, who knows? Let's see what happens in, you know, this these, these next three games in Kansas City, you know, and maybe they'll finish strong and maybe this can carry over in the next season or at least gives these guys some confidence because, you know, offensively, Joe, like you were, you were indicating, they've, they've struggled most of the season. Yeah, and at what, they're still seven games back of Minnesota. Their elimination number is down to six. So so really what you're playing for right now in these, you know, final you know dozen games or so uh, of the season is, is good vibes. You're playing for the opportunity to feel good about yourself and, and feel positive heading into the offseason so that you can put in that work and come back next year and, and, and take another run at it. But uh, as far as the, the young hitters in the lineup right now, you saw Tyler Freeman, uh, you saw Gabriel Arias, uh, you saw, you've seen Andres Jimenez over the last, uh, you know, you know, really couple, a couple, three weeks here, uh, really turn it on in December or I'm, I'm sorry, in September, uh, he's batting over 333, uh, extra base hits are coming and, and he's looking less and less like the guy who was inconsistent for most of the year and more like the guy who who we saw uh as an all-star last season yeah i think uh these guys are trying to salvage a season you know uh jimenez especially uh you know he's, he's got a chance to uh like you said at least go into the offseason feeling good about himself you know uh area still has a ton to prove Will he get a shot at the, being the starting shortstop next year? The same with Freeman. He's playing for a job. Uh, and, you know, we know he can play defense. We know he can, you know, bounce around the field, uh, the infield, I should say. But can he hit at this level? And, uh, you know, Freeman's getting a chance now, and he's swinging the bat well. Uh, the same with Arias. You know, we got to see Arias improve against lefties. You know, that is, that's, a, you know, a, a soft spot and his, uh, you know, his kind of statistical line. But all those guys have something to prove, you know, for sure. And, you know, this is the time to do it. Going back to uh, Saturday's win, uh, a closer uh, matchup, and, and Emmanuel Class A comes in uh, and gets saved number 41. Uh, so, you know, the inconsistencies we've talked about all season long, but uh, for Class A to come in and, and, and pick up a, a save against, a, against his former team, against a good team, uh, obviously good to see that happening as well. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a drama-free uh, save. Uh, I guess, you know, he gives up the leadoff single to – to the uh to a Nathaniel Lowe but then you know gets a double play and uh strikes out the next batter uh you know he's really a, Joe I don't know how you feel when he comes into a game but I stop writing I <laughs> I just I stop writing and I start sweating because you never know what's going to happen with this guy no 41 I, I, I read- saves yeah, 52 in 52 chances it is he's on he he, he puts me on pins and needles I don't stop writing, Hoinsey. I write double because I have to write two stories. I have to write yeah, the story yeah. that 
that says he blew the save, and I have to write the story that says he converted the save. It's uh, right. It, it's not. I don't stop writing. I write twice as much, which is uh, just as confusing. And, and that's why all the mistakes happen is because I've got to flop back and forth between the two stories that I write. Uh, no, it, it, good to see him convert that. And you know, maybe it, it, we we know what's the 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 franchise record for uh, for saves in a season. I think is what it's forty nine. 46, uh, 46, 46. So, you know, there's a, a chance. There's a possibility, I guess. But you also don't want the guy's arm to fall off. And he's yeah. already pitched in more than half the games of the season anyway. So, uh, you know, maybe it's time to taper him as well. Uh, speaking of guys with arms falling off, uh, Shane Bieber uh, goes three and two-thirds innings on Sunday in uh, his second rehab start, uh, this time with Columbus. He was in Toledo. Uh, didn't allow a hit in three and two thirds, struck out seven, uh, walked three, but, uh, and he got up to 64 pitches. I think, uh, you're looking at maybe one more start, uh, either, uh, what, you know, Thursday, Friday, something like that. And then, uh, you get him for a start maybe during the last week of the season. Yeah. And, uh, well, I guess when does, uh, um, when does Columbus's season end? I, I believe that uh, they play one more series. They they start on Tuesday uh, in in Columbus, and that's when Tristan McKenzie's going to pitch. Yeah, yeah. So they're running out. So you know, I think Bieber and McKenzie could be their next appearances could be with Cleveland. Uh, you know, depending, like you said, depending on how much time they've got left, Joe. I mean, how much time, how many games uh, Columbus has left. Yeah, as long as he's feeling healthy and, and coming back uh, and bouncing back with his recovery, I think uh, all, all signs point to, to Bieber getting back on the mound. And now there is a, a need for him to be uh, back on the mound and, and in the rotation in Cleveland with the uh, news that Tanner Bybee likely will not make his his next scheduled start, which would have been Thursday uh, in, the, in the series opener against Baltimore. Uh, the Orioles clinched uh, a playoff spot by virtue of uh, the Guardians beating Texas on Sunday, but uh, Bybee left Saturday's game with uh, hip tightness uh, in the sixth inning. Uh, he made a play on a ground ball uh, in the, the the previous inning and, and sort of uh, extended himself. Uh, it, it was originally, you know, it looked like maybe the ball that hit him in the foot was what uh, what knocked him out of the game, but uh, turned out to be his hip and and not the foot. Uh, it spoke to Carl Willis after the game on Sunday, uh, and he said Bybee is going to stick back and and not make the trip to Kansas City so that he can get some some treatment and get worked on. Uh, but you know, what are your thoughts on whether or not you know even if he's he's telling people that he's okay, you know, what are your thoughts on maybe maybe shutting Bybee down for the rest of the season? Yeah, I would not be surprised if they did that, Joe. I think that would be the smart move. You know, every every word, every other word out of Terry Francona's mouth is, you know, we've got to protect these three young rookies. We've got to, they're the future of the club. You know, we have to monitor their innings. We have to watch their pitch counts. You know, we don't want them to get hurt. Well, you know, unfortunately, Bybee is hurt. You know, he, he is, is whatever, you know, he has an impingement in the right hip. I think that that's what they're calling it. So, you know, I, I can't see them taking a chance, you know, with him. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'd like to see him, you know, kind of get two or, two or three innings before the season ends. But to me, it doesn't make much sense to send him back out there, Joe. 
Well, I mean, if it's going to if the hip injury is going to cause you to compensate and then do something that hurts your your arm and and that becomes a whole other issue, then no, there there's no way that you should should let him back out there. Um, you know, I can see there's there would be frustration. You know, Bybee needed one, maybe two more really good starts to force his way into, uh, you know, the, the rookie of the year conversation in terms of, uh, you know, being a down ballot candidate. I still think uh, guys like Gunnar Henderson from Baltimore and uh, Josh Young from um, Texas are, are, you know, the candidates who are going to be fighting it out for the for that award and at, at the, the top end of the ballot. But but Bybee is a, a guy who should get consideration based on his body of work from the whole season. And if you look at him, he's pretty much the the, the top rookie starting pitcher uh, in this year's rookie class. So, uh, you know, I, I can see why there would be frustration maybe on his end not being able to make one of those two last starts uh, of the season. But you're right, erring on the side of caution and and making sure that, you know, he's not putting his his arm in jeopardy uh, when when something like a hip could could throw things off uh, would would probably be the best way to go. Uh, I I, I don't want to say that, you know, you know, we've seen the last Tanner Bybee this season, but if we have, then uh, it was a hell of a campaign. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, one of the reasons they went and got him, Joe, uh, in the uh, sixth inning Saturday night was Carl Willis said he was coming off the rubber differently. You know, he was changing his motion. So, I mean, that's the last thing you want to do because when you change your motion, that's when pitchers, you know, tend to get hurt, I would think, to hurt their arms. So, right. you know, I think they're going to be really careful with this, with uh, Bybee. I would not be surprised, you know, if he's shut down for the last, you know, last 12, 12 games or 12 or 11 games, what, whatever's left on the schedule. Yeah. How many times have we heard Tito say it in post games that, you know, we, we don't want to, we know that, you know, right now is important and they want to win games, but, you know, he also wants to look up 10 years from now and see that these guys have had, you know, great careers and been healthy and, and been able to extend themselves in that way. So uh, that's the best way to do that. All right. I uh, want to mention to our listeners, uh, subtext is the best way to uh, get all the updates on who's in the rotation, who's out and who's playing and who's not. And, uh, you know, anything that we hear from the clubhouse to Tito's post games, uh, we we send it out to you guys first on subtext uh, Cleveland dot com slash subtext. It's three ninety nine a month to subscribe uh, or send a text message to two one six two zero eight four three four six to subscribe. Uh it, just whatever updates that we get as as the season comes to an end, uh, we'll be sharing them immediately with our subscribers first. Uh, and then uh, as we get into the off season, we'll we'll get into some uh, really good discussions about uh, managers and awards and and all sorts of things and the the direction of the franchise. It should be a a fun off season as well uh, over on our subtext uh, subscription service. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, we, we talked briefly about Jose Ramirez at the, uh, at the top here. Uh, but I, you know, I want to spend a little more time diving into, to Jose, even if Jose doesn't want us to, because <laughs> that was the indication we got from the birthday boy on Sunday. Uh, you know, he, he almost painfully to the point where he, he, he doesn't want to be in the spotlight. That's a part of the reason why he's even still in Cleveland is because, 
you know, he's he's so comfortable uh, with us and and with the media here in Cleveland and uh, it, to the point where on his on his birthday when he hits a home run and and climbs the ladder in uh, a bunch of different uh, you know franchise categories, you would expect him to to stick around and talk to reporters and 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 you know want to talk to us, but uh at the uh at the podium in the post game interview room uh they had a little birthday cake with a shape like a baseball with three candles in it they were all ready for jose to to show up and and do a post game interview uh jose wanted no part of it he he ducked out uh before he could talk to reporters uh maybe he was uh heading heading home to his family to to celebrate quietly with them but uh, that, that's uh, that's typical of Jose Ramirez, just not wanting the spotlight and not wanting the focus to be on him. Uh, on a day when uh, his 31st birthday, he hits his first, his fourth career birthday home run. Uh, really likes hitting on his birthday, Hoinsie. Uh, just a, a great performance. And he, he sparked that nine-run inning with that home run uh, in the fourth uh, just you know, what'd you see out of Jose Ramirez uh, this weekend and, and over the last couple of uh, weeks here? Yeah, he's really starting to hit the ball well, Joe. You know, he had that slump in August. Uh, you know, I think Naylor coming back, you know, and, and protecting him in the lineup has helped him. But he was, you know, you started to see uh, on that last West Coast swing, you started to hit the ball. He wasn't necessarily hitting it out of the park, but he was, you know, hitting singles and doubles, hitting the ball up the middle. And, you know, usually guys that hit home runs, you know, that's that's a good sign that that they're you know, their balance is right at the plate and they're going to start driving the ball soon. And the home run he hit uh, Sunday, you know, that was a that was a Manny Ramirez, Albert Bell type home run. That was that was a big boy home run. What, halfway up the bleachers? So, yeah. you know, that was impressive. I bet I, I would think that's his longest home run of the season. Yeah, 431 feet, I think. Uh, and and. You could tell uh, that the the pitcher uh, Cody Bradford from uh, from Texas he had gone away with with something soft uh, soft and away and he came up uh, you know a high fastball uh, inside and Jose was was ready for it he jumped all over it and and just you know clubbed it into left field uh, I just the way that he has uh, you know just really taken another step in not just his uh, maturity and leadership. We we saw that all last year, and and you know what he means to the franchise and 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 all of that. But but this year, you know, being the Roberto Clemente uh, Award nominee and and really uh, being out front with this organization now as the the face of the franchise and the the heart and soul of this team, uh, really, uh, just that that next step in the evolution of now, you know, he's he's working his way onto. The uh, the Mount Rushmore of uh, Cleveland baseball, uh, you know, franchise legends. You, you put him up there with the the Fellers and you know the the Calavitos and, and guys like that. Just uh, you know, is, is that where he is trending right now? Well, I think so, Joe. I mean, I I know statistically he's going to climb, keep climbing those uh, you know power categories. Because he's staying, Joe. That's you know. I mean, if if Ramirez had stayed, if Albert Bell had stayed, if Tommy had stayed, there'd be numbers that no one could catch. You know, Tommy hit what over 600 home runs. If he had stayed in Cleveland, nobody's going to catch him. You know, but but he uh, Jose made the decision. He wanted to stay in Cleveland. You know, we saw we've saw great players come through this organization for the last 30, 40 years. 
but they all, when they bump up against free agency, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Jose made the decision to stay, and he's reaping the benefits of that. And I think he's kind of recognizing his place in the hierarchy of the players on you know that have come through here and played for this franchise since what 1901. Yeah, and uh, you know you look the names that he's passing now uh, are are impressive. Uh, he he passed. Uh, he broke a tie with that home run uh, with uh, Larry Doby, uh, seven hundred or two uh, two hundred and fifteen home runs. Uh, Larry Doby was, uh, I believe, in eighth place. And now he's in a three-way tie for fifth place with his former teammate uh, Carlos Santana and Hal Trotsky as well. I mean, these are guys you're spanning generations of of players in this in this city, and he's you know, five from the top of, of that list. Now, no one's saying he's ever going to catch Jim Tomey at the top of the list, but, uh, you know, by the time this contract is over, if he, if he stays on this path, then, you know, he'll, he'll definitely be towards the top, but, you know, one or two in every category. Uh, I believe he, he's, uh, he passed Lou Boudreau, uh, as well in, in terms of RBIs while he was on the, the West coast, uh, 741, uh, something like that for for like 12th place uh, in in RBIs. So, uh, like you said, all the all the big uh, important numbers. He's he's going to rewrite all the record books, uh, and and even some of the, the the small funny numbers like you know home runs on your birthday. He's got uh, <laughs> he he now is the franchise leader in home runs on his birthday. He's got four. Uh, he he was tied with Rocky Colavito and Jim Tomey and uh, you know I believe Carlos Santana as well. Yeah. So. Uh, something like that. It, it those you, you, it's easy to overlook things like that, but uh, when when all is said and done, he's going to be uh, an, an automatic uh, you know franchise Hall of Famer. Uh, does does he have the opportunity if he stays on this path to be a, a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer? Uh, I, I I recently looked at the list of active uh, hits leaders, and obviously Miguel Cabrera over 3000 hits. And we're going to talk more about Miguel Cabrera as the, the end of the season approaches. But, uh, Ramirez is, is just over what 1300, uh, hits something in, in that range. So he's, he's a long way off from 3000. Uh, but, but 2000 might be, you know, coming up in the next, you know, two, three seasons, maybe. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it depends how his, the rest of his career plays out, Joe. Uh, you know, I think does he? You know, he, he's a guy that plays every day. Will he continue to to play every day? Will he continue to, uh, you know, be uh, kind of the guy that that you know ta- always takes the extra base? It's stealing twenty to thirty bases a year. You know, will he continue that all around game, or will kind of as he gets older, will will his game kind of shrink a little bit, and will he become more of a power hitter? More, you know, you know what I'm saying. So, right. you know, I think. You know, there, there's places in the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown for different kinds of players. You know, I don't think uh, Jose is going to be the guy that, like you said, hits 3,000 hits and hits, you know, even 400 home runs or 450 home runs or 500 home runs. He's not going to get those automatic numbers that usually get you in the hall. But he could, if he could be, you know, in a in a you know a category where just a good all-around player, defense, offense where, you know, he, he could could do that. And I think, you know, the, the one thing that could clinch it for him is if he takes his team to a World Series victory. You know, he's been there a couple times. They've come up short. 
Um, but if you take a team to the World Series, which is one of his goals when he signed the, the, the multi-year deal before spring, you know, before the start of last season, you know, if he does that, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's on the, he's on the right path. Well, uh, the one way to get there is, is for, for people to doubt him because he's, he's certainly, uh, you know, proven all those people wrong, uh, on his way up and, and, you know, anybody who, uh, didn't think he was a, an everyday player or didn't think he was, uh, a, an MVP candidate. Uh, he's, he's certainly proven, uh, everyone wrong, uh, and at every step of the way. So, uh, he's, he's going to continue that. I think, uh, I just, I just wish he would have stuck around on Sunday to, uh, to, to give us a, an, an interview and maybe blow out those candles and, and celebrate in that way uh, because uh, we need to show more people, more people need to know uh, just what a gem of a, of a guy Jose is uh, and, and, and what he means to, to this city. I think, uh, I, I think people already know here, but uh, more people need to, need to see it. All right, Hoinsey, the, the Guardians are uh, opening up uh, in Kansas City uh, early game this Monday because uh, – uh, because uh, Miss Beyonce uh, was supposed to have a concert out there uh, tonight, but that got canceled and moved to uh, next month. Uh, but they're deciding to play the game early anyways. So uh, you've got a, a day game on a Monday, which never happens, but uh, it, it should be uh, uh, interesting as the, the Guardians open up uh, a, a quick three-game uh, trip to KC. Yeah, you know, coming off a sweep of a good Texas team, uh, Kansas City, obviously, what they've lost 102 games, but they took, uh, I think, four, three out of four from Houston, uh, before losing yesterday. So, you know, interesting series. Uh, the Guardians have, I think, lead the season series seven to three. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they have some, t- this is an opportunity for them to get maybe closer to 500, Joe, and, uh, you know, send kind of Terry Francona off with a winning season instead of what, you know, has looked like uh you know would would be a losing season in his last year's manager. Yeah, that's uh, still a a goal that they can maybe achieve if they get hot down the stretch here these final 12 games. Uh might have to win maybe 8 of them, but it's certainly a possibility as they move forward. All right, Hoinsey, uh we will check in again with you on Tuesday uh here on the baseball uh Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. 